The Greg Kelly Show. You may remember uh, a woman named Cori Bush, member of the House of Representatives, a Democrat, who pretended she was homeless for a week. She actually camped out on Capitol Hill on the steps and, uh, you know, made a little tent and had her sleeping bag and sat out there for like three or four days. Uh, She's just like you and me, but she's homeless. Remember that song by Crystal Waters? It was actually a great song. But uh, she's not just like you and me. She is a member of Congress. It's funny, though. She gets there and she reverts right back to what she knows best, right? (laughs) I mean, apparently she was homeless at one point in her life. But here she is. She gets elected. She's in Congress. You can make things happen for the people. And she camps out in front of uh, the Capitol pretending to be homeless all over again. It's like that thing. You know, people can win $10 million in the lottery and nine out of ten times they lose it all. A lot of times they lose it all. Not, not uh, I think like half the times they lose it all. It's like they say about billionaires. You could take all their money and like in three years they'll they'll have it back. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's it's work ethic. It's a lot of things. But this this character, Corey Bush, is being investigated by the federal government. I wonder what could have gone wrong. She sounds so logical and nice, doesn't she? Here she is shooting her mouth off a while back. Go ahead. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What? <laughs> right? It's idiocy right there. I mean, she doesn't hide it. It's it's right there. I don't know if she knows how to hide it. So I think she gave herself away right there. There was something she said. Ah, yes. There have been attempts on my life. I have a feeling that's where this probe is going to go, right? Because, you know, an attempt on some, someone's life, that's, that's a big deal. That's attempted murder. That's illegal. You know, it's different from just bitching and moaning on Twitter. People do that all, the, all day long. You're allowed to do that. But they say somehow they want to. It's very, very prestigious these days in Washington, D.C. to come out and say, I've had threats. I, there are threats against me, death threats against me and my family. Well, um, see, then they can get security, then they can get this. But what if they don't have those threats, but they still want the security? They may say something like that. I have a feeling that's where this is going. Stay tuned, Cory Bush. You don't get to hear that kind of idiocy all that often. Where it's right there, plain inside. Can we hear that one more time, if you don't mind? Cory Bush. I want to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. Wow. The du- <laughs> So suck it up. And defunding the police has to happen right there. This is the insanity of the left, and it's everywhere. And now everyone is reporting this, but they're tiptoeing around the obvious uh, problems with this uh, this line of thinking. You really can't call it thinking, can you? All right, we have that going on. And guess who's back in the news? General C.Q. Brown, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was on the 
oh, what show was it? Uh, Martha Raddatz, one of those Sunday shows. And he said that um, we don't want to escalate, which is the point of the the Biden administration. We don't want to escalate. We don't want to escalate. Sometimes you got to talk tough. Maybe the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You got to remember, though, this guy, he's got four stars and it looks like a really big job. And in some ways it is. But his primary responsibility is advising the president. He's the prime military advisor to the president of the United States. And all he does is think about race all day long. This is this was a real shock to me when this guy came out and spoke this way in the middle of an election year. This is what's known as a soft military coup. He and General Milley in 2020, in the heart of it, post-George Floyd, started saying all kinds of crazy political partisan stuff about George Floyd. Now, what party was trying to exploit George Floyd for their benefit? Democrats were, right? And they lied like crazy. And now I'm here to tell you, and I didn't know it back then, but George Floyd was not murdered. He was not murdered by that cop. And I can prove it to you, and I already have. And if you have any doubts about this, do me a favor. It's free. Go check out. Uh, the Fall of Minneapolis. The Fall of Minneapolis. You can watch it on Rumble for free. It's an amazing film. And you'll learn the truth about George Floyd. Career criminal. Uh, ex-porn star. Which, hey, whatever. You know? Career criminal. Ex-porn star. That doesn't mean you should uh, uh, be killed, murdered by cops. But he wasn't killed or murdered by cops. He wasn't. He wasn't. What about the video I saw? You were lied to about that video. You were lied to. Well, I saw it for myself. What did you actually see? Did you see that officer's knee on the neck? Did you see that? You actually saw the knee on the shoulder. Did you ever think or were you ever told about all the fentanyl that was surging through his system? Enough to kill a, a man four times over? Did you, ever tell, did you ever know that he shoved a face full of pills into his mouth as the cops approached? Because he wanted to have a uh, a meltdown. That was his M.O. whenever he got arrested. Anyway, I'll come back to that. So in the middle of all this stuff, a four-star general comes out and says some of the most divisive political things that imaginable. I'm sorry. And now, because he did the bidding of the left, he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Listen to this. Again, this is just a couple of days after George Floyd dies. He's a four-star general, head of all Air Force um, resources and personnel in the Pacific region. It's like one-third the Air Force. Top guy. Go ahead. As the commander of Pacific Air Forces, a senior leader in our Air Force, and an African-American, many of you may be wondering what I'm thinking about the current events surrounding the tragic death of George Floyd. Here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how full I am with emotion, not just for George Floyd, but the many African-Americans that have suffered the same fate as George Floyd. I'm thinking about protests in my country, tis in the sweet land of liberty, the equality expressed in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that I've sworn my adult life to support and defend. I'm thinking about a history of racial issues and my own experiences that didn't always sing of liberty and equality. Hey, stop for a Think second. About- Here he is, a four-star general, bitching and moaning about all the racism he had to endure. I think America has been pretty damn good to him. And he was pretty good to America until he started shooting his mouth off in the most unprofessional political way imaginable, totally unbecoming 
of an officer, and this man should be dismissed from the military immediately. He broke. He broke all kinds of codes, regulations. You're not allowed to do this, especially when you're in uniform. He's doing it in uniform. Using race as an issue to enhance his status. He's going to talk about the airmen. He doesn't care. He does not care. Keep going. Living in two worlds, each with their own perspective and views. I'm thinking about my sister and I being the only African-Americans in our entire elementary school and trying to fit in. I'm thinking about then going to a high school where roughly half the students were African-American and trying to fit in. Hey, isn't that his problem at this point, right? I mean, what? He doesn't like the all-black school. He doesn't like the half-black school. He doesn't like the all-white school. He doesn't like... Dude, just get over it. When the hell did you go to school anyway? (laughs) All right, sorry. Keep going. I'm thinking about my Air Force career, where I was often the only African-American in my squadron, or as a senior officer, the only African-American in the room. I'm thinking about wearing the same flight suit with the same wings on my chest as my peers, and they mean questioned by another military member, are you a pilot? Stop right there, please. This one really, really galled me. I couldn't believe he said that out loud. So in the Air Force, everybody gets a flight suit. <laughs> you could be a lawyer and you get a flight suit. Everybody, almost everybody gets a flight suit. I was a pilot for nine years in the, um, in the Marine Corps. I still don't know what the Air Force wings look like. I still don't know what they look like. And just about everybody over there gets a set of wings. You could be you could be a loadmaster and you get a certain set of wings that look this way. Or you could be the navigator and you get a w- wings that look this way. In the Air Force, everybody seems to get a set of wings and they all look a little bit different. Anyway, I took a picture and I put this on video of a great big C5 Galaxy, one of the great big transport jets, been around for a long time, been around since Vietnam. And there are about 10 guys involved in that thing. Two guys fly it. Eight guys take care of the other stuff, the loading, the unloading, and there's a real science behind it. You have a loadmaster, an assistant loadmaster. you got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of technicians, and they all wear flight suits. And I challenge anybody in or out of uniform to figure out if you're looking at the 10 guys in front of a C-5 galaxy, which ones are the pilots? You may need a little bit of help. That's all that was happening there, uh, CQ. Don't take it so personal. This man's taking it very, very personal. Keep going. I'm thinking about how I sometimes felt my comments were perceived to represent the African-American perspective when it's just my perspective informed by being African-American. Now he's being high maintenance. Now he's being high maintenance, right? What? What is his beef? This guy is way too sensitive for military life. I was, they were asking me because I was black, but not, I, who, what? Anyway, sorry, sir. I'm so sorry you were, I, I didn't mean to offend you. Holy Jesus. Keep going. I'm thinking about some of the insensitive comments made without awareness by others. I'm thinking about being a captain at the Oak Club with my squadron and being told by other African-Americans that I wasn't black enough. Hey, is he going to cry? More- is he going to cry? It sounds like he's going to cry. And wait a second. Now he's getting hassled by black officers. I, I, there's no, there's no fixing this guy. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no making him feel better about anything. All right, keep going. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm with my squadron, then with them. I'm thinking about my mentors and how I, rarely I had a mentor that looked like me. I'm thinking about the sound advice that has led to my S- success. Sorry, I got to get in one more time. 
he has no mentors who look like him. He, no, he had too few mentors who look like him. Nobody looks like anybody, pal, number one. All right? And mentors. You know, you're damn lucky you had any mentors. You know, I was in the military. I didn't have all that many mentors, if any. You know, it's, it's kind of unfortunately doggy dog <laughs> in the world. And a little bit more than we'd like to admit in the military. A little bit more. I, had a, I, I actually had some good mentors. I never really dwelled on the color of their skin. But I could. I could talk about Captain Timothy McCullough, my platoon commander in PLC Seniors. I mean, if you put it like that, I was very impressed with this guy. He looked great. He sounded great. He um, he counseled me once on something I did wrong. And I just thought he was one professional, cool dude. And many years later, I was able to thank him when I bumped, in, bumped into him, Marine Corps Base Quantico, and we were both lieutenant colonels. And just shook his hand and said, thank you so much. You may not remember me, and he didn't. <laughs> but, and guess what? He happened to be black, but I never really, right? It just wasn't. And this guy, gosh, most people are, they, they would love to have a mentor. What disrespect? He just showed all of his white, any, any white person who, sorry. All right, now I'm really going to shut up. Keep going. And even so, most of my mentors could not relate to my experience as an African-American. I'm thinking about the pressure I felt to perform error-free, especially for supervisors I perceived had expected less from me as an African-American. Now, think about now this is all you. This is all you. You got to go to a psychiatrist and don't, don't vent, all right? But he vented and he got promoted. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Man, I really come off as a jerk on Twitter, according to these people. <laughs> Greg Kelly, how dare you shut... I love that STFU, but some people don't say STFU. It's shut the F up. And they don't just write F. That's what it stands for. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, how dare you? After all, you... Yeah, after all, everybody. After all, everybody, everybody has something, right? Um, oh, well, um, it's kind of, I get a kick out of it. And all this for saying that uh, maybe we're spending a little bit too much time, uh, maybe women and girls are spending a little bit too much time thinking about Taylor Swift. James Flippin, uh, are you a Taylor Swift uh, person? Uh, you know, I don't mind some of her music, I guess, but I'm certainly not a Swifty, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, you don't do uh, all that stuff. No. Uh, I mean, which I assume is going on. I mean, it is going on. I've never, there's never been somebody like this. You know, we used to all talk about the same stuff. Like, I don't know, who was a, who's somebody we all used to talk about? Everybody knew. I mean, Rod Stewart? I don't know. Like, who? Well, what, I mean, you don't think that maybe some of the, you can make a comparison to like Elvis Presley once upon a time? Just a man as opposed to a woman? 
Yeah, but there was something like we all knew Elvis Presley. Like we were familiar with Elvis Presley's music. Mm. We're not familiar. A lot of people are not familiar with. Um, so you're saying like her cult of personality is a part of the pop not culture. Not even her personality. Lexicon. I don't know. She's just hanging around. Uh, who knows? She's getting probably more. Do hey, you like any of her songs? The one about the boyfriend uh, who lied to her. That one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, what's going on news-wise? So there's this big city council vote today as to whether or not they're going to overturn Mayor Adams' vetoes. There's two bills. One is called the How Many Stops Act, and it would require police officers to more or less document in a file somewhere all the stops they make, all the interactions they have with the public, because members of the city council say that the police department's biased in who it stops and who it interacts with and all this kind of stuff. So... Um, they're deciding whether or not to overturn the mayor's veto on that bill. Um, the bill stinks, but so does Mayor Adams. And he totally caved on that uh, consent, excuse me, decree where they're going to let uh, a judge revamp how the police handles a riot. Right. And uh, he just gave in on that one like that. So now, oh, I, I, I he, he, he thinks I can actually contest this and get on television some more. And the New York Post might think I'm strong on law enforcement. Doesn't have a clue. The other bill that's being potentially over, you know, the veto may be overturned is banning solitary confinement in jails. That one's not getting as much coverage in the press for some reason, but they're both potentially going to get enforced today through an overturning of the veto. Again, the second one would ban solitary confinement at Rikers and other city jails. They're going to get rid of the hole? You got to throw the guy in the hole for a little while, especially if he gets out of line. People say it's cruel and unusual. Look, I don't know anything about the solitary confinement. Uh, I do know that I, if I were in jail, I'd prefer to be in there by myself. I'd prefer to be solitary, wouldn't you? I'd, I'd prefer to be in the cell alone. Well, people say that that can really more or less like drive you crazy, being cut off from all human activity. No, I can't. Like they let the guy out for an hour a day. They give him food. They have light. It's not like the hole in Alcatraz. Remember when they put him in there and they just threw a bucket in like every other day? It's not, and they deprived him of light and everything else. This is not that. This is not that. Any other questions? Uh, they should come to me. They should. I, can, I, can, I really, I really could run this city. I could run it well. Um, every now and then, I'm tempted, but the guy down the hall is really committed. I mean, he's all in. He is all in. Nothing stopping him, uh, except maybe. Who knows? listening to the Greg Kelly show. Uh, the video is coming in right now, a dramatic, wild, intense operation by Israel against terrorists in the West Bank. Uh let's see here. Special forces, Israeli special forces, they infiltrated a hospital where they believe that terrorists were hiding and they were dressed the commandos, the Israeli special forces were actually dressed as women with headscarves, and uh, a couple were pretending to be doctors, and they went in there and they took out all the terrorists. This is pretty wild, and it looks to me like it's, um, well, when you have an enemy that hides in hospitals and that uses children as human shields, those hospitals become legitimate military targets. And it's... uh, it's horrible, but war is horrible, and it's one of the reasons why you don't want to fight a war unless it's absolutely positively necessary in what's happening 
right now over there, it's absolutely positively necessary that Israel defends itself and eradicates this horrible threat they've been dealing with uh, forever, I believe, right? Hamas, it must end. And uh, it's kind of, um, it's tough to talk about, but you'd be surprised how many people out there support Hamas. Well, surprised. (laughs) You got university presidents who seem to support Hamas. You've got uh, college kids and uh, idiot teenagers all over the place. And some very powerful people in Hollywood, even some uh, on Wall Street. You'd be really, well, we're not surprised anymore because they all kind of revealed themselves. Anti-Semitism is much more of a reality today than I ever thought. You know, growing up as a kid in the 1970s, I remember learning about the Holocaust. It was it was a major topic of conversation, actually, I would say. Maybe because it was only 30 years post, 35, 40 years post-Holocaust. But I remember primarily the television movies that, that were so well done back then. And the horror of what happened and the message, never forget. There was one movie I saw called Playing for Time. Anybody remember that? The the musician, as long as she could play, she could hold off her execution. And, of course, the diary of Anne Frank, that was required reading. I wonder, you don't hear about Anne Frank as much, do you, right? And that book, which was such a classic. Amazing young girl. Um, never again? No, it's happened. It's happened many times since. It's happened happened in Bosnia. It's happened in Africa probably a dozen times. And now the onslaught against Israel, they're trying to, and Israel is doing everything it has to do to defend itself. God bless Israel. Sooner or later, Joe Biden will figure out what he's going to do uh, after our three soldiers were killed. Pretty interesting. They actually put out a big, big release that Joe Biden has made up his mind. You know, I saw Newt Gingrich, you know, like, wait a second, what, what has this guy been doing for the past, uh, you know, since October 7th? you got to come up with contingencies. It's like, if A happens, then B happens. If they do this, then we are going to do that. Maybe you have to modify it a little bit, but you don't, it just seems so slow. Now we're going back, when did this happen? Saturday night, and now it's Tuesday? I'm not saying you got to obliterate Tehran, but you got to do something decisive. you got to do something meaningful. And we would never be in this situation if Trump were still president. I think we all understand that. Joe, hello. You're in Mount Sinai. I always think Mount Sinai, Upper Manhattan, but what Mount Sinai are you in? You're on Long Island, right? Yes, I'm on Long Island. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm getting so depressed listening to all this, this, the news on Trump, this one, that one, the E.G., whatever her name is, and I went to Catholic school, and I remember in the Bible, I'm not a Bible reader, but it says that it said on more than one occasion, more than one story, I Bible story, where God picked an imperfect person to do his work. And I feel Trump might be the imperfect person to put the world back on the right uh, path, and these scumbags are trying to crucify him. Uh, Joe, that's all you got to say? All right. You made it uh, very palatable this time. I happen to agree with you. I happen to agree with you. And uh, I'm just going to suggest, okay, you went to Catholic school. There's a lot more where that came from. Um, And the Bible has it all. You should pick it up. And I wasn't a Bible reader either. I wasn't a Bible. And I've seen this all happen before, what we're seeing right now. And it's in the Bible. And a lot of what has, (laughs) it's all there. I, I, I suggest you... 
pick it up, uh, Joe. The Charles Stanley Light Principles Bible, that's the one that helped me the most because it had little footnotes that I needed, a few explainers, because let's face it, that uh, that language can be kind of, you know, confusing. And if you don't get that Bible, any old Bible, and, you know, maybe you'll Google things from time to time that you don't understand. And there are all kinds of discussion groups and people out there who will help you. Because, Joe, it can help anybody. It can help if it can save a wretch like me. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Let's try Susan. You're in upstate New York. Hello. Greg, I am so delighted that you were back on this Eugene Carroll because there's so much, you know, rapid fire with all these uh, court cases and wars and everything that, you know. But the thing that I also don't want to let it go by the wayside is that the law was changed by uh, Letitia James there um, to make the um, statute of limitations. Kathy Hochul. It was Kathy Hochul, and they called it the Adult Survivors Act. And I looked at it yesterday. It is so political and so unfair and so weird. And I looked at her press conference and she's like gleeful in a very, you know, believe women kind of way. You know, believe women, believe women, believe evidence. You know, what about <laughs> do women have brothers and sisters and brothers and fathers and sons? I, you know, anyway. Yeah, it was Kathy Hochul, not Letitia. Okay. Anyway, the law was changed. I mean, how the extent that they're going to, and I really feel I said this to you a couple weeks ago, is that we really need to organize the best um, action is to have Donald Trump take New York State, which is, he's only 10 points behind right now. So um, we can have Kelly's Brigade. I've got some data of how we can, uh, you know, get together with other organizations that have a lot of information. We need boots on the ground, phone callers, uh, people who can donate money. Uh, it's got to be a grassroots effort, but I think with you kind of, you know, spearheading it, and I will, we will get people to organize it. you got a lot of people in your audience, but there's a lot of data of low-hanging fruit that we can get out and win New York State. Wouldn't that just be the best way to get back at them? Uh, yeah, but I'm busy. Okay, I'm only fine, kidding, Susan. You- Everything you said sounds great. I mean, technically, I am busy. I can't really get involved. I, I can't do that, but uh, I think you should do it. I think you could come oh, on my show, I- and we'll talk about your efforts, and we'll update people, and I love what you're saying. I always thought that Trump could win New York. I lived in upstate New York. I lived in Binghamton. I know how conservative it is up there. It's not. Uh, it's not like New York. It's not like Brooklyn. It's not hipster central. So uh, this is, in its own way, doable. Now, look, I've never run a statewide campaign. I don't know how to do that. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, the phone banks and all that stuff you're talking about, um, you know, the Trump people, I wonder, uh, look, I will check in with one of my Trump friends and see, you know, somebody on the inside, the team, see if they're looking at New York. And yeah, all right, let me, I mean, I'm sure they've thought about this. I heard Trump say it once before. You know, he's done rallies in upstate New York. He's done rallies on Long Island. So, um, you know, guys who are really doing this for a living in the Trump campaign, the political guys, hopefully they're on it. And Susan, don't ever sell yourself short. You could you could spearhead it. You could you could just go all in. You got to go all in. You got to get you got to get active. You just can't call people on the phone. You got to do stuff. You got to see him face to face. You got to write. You, know, you got to just make it happen. I, unfortunately, that's not my skill set. I don't know how to do that. I wish I did. I don't. You. You can just be our spokesperson. How about that? And just let us, let us get the word out, because I know it's out there. 
All right, I'll shoot my mouth off uh, anytime you want. Susan, thank you. How's everything else going up there? Uh, well, you know, we're hanging in there. Uh, just uh, this, uh, this area, there's a lot of uh, people that maybe didn't vote last time because they didn't think it was necessary, but I, I, I can see that there's a groundswell of uh, people now that are, are good. have to be activated, though. It's got to be grassroots. We can't depend on Rana, whatever her name is there, um, <laughs> to do it. I know no, what you so, mean about but, her. So yeah. there's, organizations, there's organizations we can partner with that have the phone lists of the low-hanging fruit. Uh, it's really going to be about voter turnout because if, if people feel um, you know, hopeless, that's not going to work. But it's not hopeless. They need, need to hear from humans. All right, Susan, I know you're in the heart of upstate New York, and I know you can make this happen. You know, in every revolution, there's one man or woman with the revolution, and that would be amazing if— New York went red. Wow. I'm going to call my Trump guy, okay? Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll just check in with Lou real quick. Hi, Lou. Oh, how about Frank in California? Greg. Hey. Greg. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Frank Morano is defending a guy named Trevor Bauer, baseball player for sexual assault. He's got like four of them. I don't know... Uh... I don't know about that, Frank. Uh, what can I do for you? He's lost. He's come up against Carol twice. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Frank Morano again? No, no. All right, Trump. so what are you talking Donald about? Donald Trump. Donald Trump what? Two cases against Carol, and he's lost both of them. Yeah, you think they were fair? You think, you think, well, it, was, you think it was fair, Frank? I, I think it's hard to believe that two, two cases... Two cases. Two cases. Actually, one case, two trials. Hey, hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. How about this? Where were you between 1995, January 1st, 1995, and December 31st, 1996? Where were you? Because I heard that somewhere in there that you were fresh with a woman. I heard that. I heard that, Frank. Well, and you know what? Uh, We're going to believe women here. So uh, she's going to take you to court. You're in California. You know what they do in California? They believe women, Frank. They believe women. What county are you in, man? Oh, yeah, now I remember. Now I remember. You were flirting with her in an uh, an office building, and you were walking around, and you were saying stuff. Hey, Frank, you're in big trouble. You see, if you're gleeful about what's happening to Trump, you're not going to be gleeful when it happens to you. Because even you, Frank, wherever the hell you are, whatever the hell you do, it could happen to you. Believe me. And when it does, (laughs) you know, Frank, the whole damn country is going down the tubes. You've got to support people you don't like from time to time when they're going through an injustice. Actually, the system is supposed to do that all the time. It's one of the reasons why I defended Andrew Cuomo. And people are still disgusted, and they won't, they won't forgive me because I stood up for Andrew Cuomo. But you can say a lot of things about Andrew Cuomo. You cannot say that that man is a predator. And now I see the federal government has come in and called him a predator. It is wrong. It is not factual. It is a smear. And it should be illegal. But the illegal has been legalized. And it's incredible. I can't believe it's happening in America. And Frank, you got to dig deep, look inside yourself, 
and really think about what's happening. You want to chuckle over there about what Trump is going through? He, he, he. Oh, how could two women be wrong? Well, it's the same woman, number one. And just look at her on TV. She's crazy. And I can still say that. Thank you. Russ in White Plains. Hi. Welcome back. Well, thanks, uh, Greg. Hey, you know, as a feminist, you'll understand. I think Amelia Earhart... Wait a second. Wait a minute. Why do you always start the conversations with these? As a feminist, I think you'll understand. Number one, I don't even know what a feminist is. And number, so don't say I'm one, all right? So uh, you know, speak for yourself. All right? As a feminist, you will understand. I, I, stop that. What do you want to say about Amelia Earhart? Her husband did force her to go on that last flight, and the navigator was a man that she had on that flight. He got lost, and they ran out of gas. And, you know, she lived in Rye, and her garden was here in, in Harrison, New York. There's a statue of her in downtown Harrison. I wish you'd come up here. She was flying a spy mission for the U.S. government on Japanese expansion. Hey, what she difference in- does this make to me? Well, Greg, I want to ask you, could you have flied one of those uh, canvas and, and tin planes? I mean, that was a hard plane. Oh, are you going back? Are you still Are you sensitive because I said she was a crummy pilot? Yes, I am. All right. Well, you shouldn't be so sensitive, okay? She's uh, it's, it's gone a long time ago, okay? It's not too soon. We can say that. And I'm not just making it up. You know who was going around the whole country saying that? Charles Lindbergh. And guess what? Charles Lindbergh was a better aviator than Amelia Earhart. And you don't know that stuff about the... Uh, you don't know that stuff about the spy mission. That's not factual. You don't you don't know that. You don't know that. You can't prove that. Russ, you you don't know that. That's not that's not that's not fact. You don't know that. You know, I mean, maybe a theory, might be this, might be that, maybe somebody conjectured whatever, but it's not a fact. All right, let me know if you need to be straightened out on anything else. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Is the Greg Kelly Show? Uh, yes, it is, isn't it? Hey, one of these days, I don't know if anybody uh, is still into the Jerky Boys, but I think those guys are the most creative geniuses. They're just amazing. Uh, Johnny Brennan and Kamal, I love them both. Uh, there's a little bit of friction between the two. Um, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, Johnny did most of the characters, but I think Kamal did so much too. Right? It was just so good. And those guys don't talk to each other. I talk to both of them. And one of these days, we'd love to see a reunion and let bygones be bygones. You know, there's still frustration over the movie, which is almost came out 30 years ago. The Jerky Boys movie, which is totally underrated. It's actually very good. You know, uh, Alan Arkin was in it. And um, I just thought it was great stuff. Uh, why is Megan Kelly trending? We love Megan. Uh I know she's controversial. She's not everybody. I think she's fantastic, and she is. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna avoid it right now. I'm gonna avoid it right now. But um, yeah, I'm gonna avoid that. I can't. Uh, when you're trending, you can't really figure out why somebody is trending until a little bit of time goes by. It looks like I am no longer trending, and that is, to be honest, a bit of a relief. What the hell did I say? I said too many people are worshiping uh, Taylor Swift. And this is idolatry. And it is. And it's also kind of idolatry when a young man, like I used to do, you know, what the hell was I doing at 14, maybe 12, wearing Thurman Munson's name on my shirt? Did I want people to think I was Thurman Munson? 
why why does a grown man today? I see I still see men doing it, even though Jeter retired a bunch of years ago. They wear Jeter on the back of their. Are we supposed to think you're that guy? Why would you do that? It's very emasculating. There's something just not right with it. All right. Oh, we're almost out of time, and we got to go here in a moment. Uh, Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. Um, in thinking about what you just were talking about with Israel and Hamas and the the number of people in this country who support Hamas, it reminds me of something that Rabbi Spiro said when he spoke on Long Island at a religious freedom organization that we had there. He said Jews will never again walk peacefully into the boxcars. And that still gives me chills. And as I mentioned yesterday, that reminds me of what is going on now. We don't have Jews marching to the boxcars, but we have relentless throngs of illegals marching into our country to our destruction, to the destruction of our culture, to the destruction of our liberties, to the destruction of our principles. These are not people who share our principles. They're not people who share or are willing to or interested in learning our history. They're coming for many, many different reasons. Not all of them are coming for evil reasons, but there are many among them who are, and they're going to do tremendous damage to our country. They're doing it already. And this morning, I got an an email from a friend on Long Island who's a registered nurse, very experienced. She lost her job because she wouldn't take the the vaccination. Well, now she can be hired back, but she can only be hired back as a new hire with none of her seniority, none of her accumulated benefits. And instead, the health system that she worked for is starting to work with agencies that are interviewing illegals, promising them they can get them temporary working papers and get them immediate jobs with benefits. Man, isn't that something? You didn't yes. want to take the vaccine. It's just, uh, no, listen, I agree with you. Hey, legal immigration is an entirely different thing. If you take that citizenship test, you do what you got to do, and you take an oath to support uh, American values and all that stuff, it's absolutely beautiful. But this illegal stuff is wrong, and it is destructive, and we could lose everything if it's not turned around quickly. That was Rabbi Spiro, you said, right? That was Rabbi Arie Spiro. He's the rabbi who gave an invocation at one of the... Um, uh, Republican um, uh, convention evenings. He gave an amazing, yep. amazing invocation. I love it. Unfortunately, he passed away this past year. I'm going to look him he up. Was such a wise man. I'm going to look him up, Barbara. Thank you. Hey, Christine is back on the phone. I only have a moment, Christine. Hi. Hi. Well, you know what? You have plenty of things to call Letitia James out on, but I'll give you one more. She, she is one of the 16 attorney generals that supports schools hiding gender transition from parents. So she wants to put kids in harm's way, Greg, and and go on to witch hunt against Donald Trump as well. It doesn't surprise me. This is a woman who attended a drag time story hour for children herself, personally. Thank you for that little factoid, Christine. It's very important, very important what you're doing. There's the song. Show is over, but to be continued soon. Many thanks.